0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And this week, we're going to talk about product placement. Joining us is Aaron Schmidt, who is the chief of product placement at Ben Labs, which is an entertainment AI company that enables brands and creators to capture human attention by tapping into integrated advertising across social media, streaming, TV, music, film content with a guaranteed ROI. Ben Labs consists of the world's largest creator and influencer marketing business, largest product placement and promotions their licensing company. It's a huge business. They're wonderful at product placement. We're thrilled to have them. And in addition to providing us with our guest, Ben Labs is also a sponsor of the Martech podcast. So far this week, Aaron and I have talked about technology-driven product placements and yesterday we talked about measuring product placement in television. Today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about the future of product placement. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Aaron Schmidt, the Chief of Product Placement at Ben Labs. Aaron, welcome back to the Martech Podcast. Thank you. Always a pleasure to see you again. Always good to talk to one of our sponsors. And I'm excited to wrap up our conversation this week. Talking a little bit about where product placement is headed, we talked so far about not only product placement being a traditional marketing channel, one that's been around for 40 years, but where the measurement has evolved dramatically. You can actually figure out if somebody has seen your product on television, and did they then go to the store and buy a physical or digital product? So talk to me about where we are and where you think product placement is going. Is it becoming a more common marketing channel? Is it expanding beyond traditional channels? What does the future hold?
2: Over the last 10 years, you've seen a dramatic shift in a desirability for product placement, both from brands and creators due to the need for budgets as the content world becomes so massive and it's harder to get those big investments from a distributor. And the needs for brands to find new ways to reach consumers at avoidance is at an all time high. We're all aware of these things. And so how can you find new and unique ways to reach your viewer? And that is through being inside of the content, supporting that creator and being a part of that content. So where do I see the future of product placement and what do I want to be a part of is really that shoppable moment. Amazon is clearly primed for that experience. Primed.
1: I see what you did there.
2: Uh Uh-huh. You see what I did there. And we've already seen them testing this as, as a format in which you can actually purchase potential products within their series. Currently, they're selling their fashion and books that have turned into content or whatever that might be that has an Amazon shopping experience. We're seeing it on Peacock, where you have QR codes to purchase product within show. So that to me is that through line, that true attribution model that could make a huge difference for product placement and for advertisers as a whole.
1: Back in the day, I think I mentioned this earlier, I used to work at eBay and I was responsible for the instant messenger eBay integrations. So like the eBay chatbot before there was actual chatbots. And eBay bought Skype, a communication platform that's still around today. And they also bought a company called Red Laser. And so my hypothesis, this is 10, 15 years ago, was what eBay should do is take the Skype channel, allow companies to be able to use it to show product service and content, and then take the Red Laser technology to allow people to scan different products and then buy them through eBay. And everybody laughed at me and said, that's crazy talk. I feel like I might have just been 10 or 15 years ahead of the technology curve, but how close are we to be able to see a product on a screen, use a phone or an app and say, you know what? Tom Cruise looks cool as shit with those Ray-Bans in Top Gun. I want that exact pair. I'm just going to take a picture of him and go buy them." Is it actually happening? Was I right 15 years later?
2: You're there. Again, we're seeing it in show. The fact that I can do Super Bowl, every commercial had a QR code. Well, we're seeing that happen in series on Peacock. We're seeing the ability to pause a show on Amazon and go to Amazon shop and buy from this episode. But then I can take a picture with my phone and do a Google reverse image search and find a product through that too. So the technology is all there. Who is going to scale the model and be able to, because for me personally, I was watching this show and there was this cup. These two women were drinking out of these really great cups. And I'm like, I want those cups, these wine glasses, and I can't find them to save my life. So who is going to scale this model that really allows us to be the consumers that we are, where we want things at the touch of a button?
1: So there's the ease of Conversion, right? That we're simplifying the process to see media and buy products. I also think that there's an expansion in terms of what media is. We're not just watching traditional television, we're definitely not watching it on a big screen all the time iPads, iPhones, whatever device, tablet, phone you're using. There's also different formats of content. We're seeing user generated content more and more, short form down to TikTok. If you can't catch somebody's attention in two seconds, they're gone. So how does that impact what product placement is? Does it just mean people on YouTube are holding up products really quickly in two seconds and hoping that you buy something?
2: Well, I think brands are going to be very sensitive to how that content is performing. So if it's held up for two seconds and it does nothing for the brand, then you're not going to get any more funding from a brand to do that. This is where what we were talking about yesterday and really thinking about what are those core indicators of success when doing a product placement? What are the talking points that you need to be hitting that are driving that end result? That's going to be what drives product placement in the future. And I still think it has to be a marriage between creative and brand. Making sure that the creator is telling that story through their lens If I was trying to dictate to you how you should run the podcast, everyone on this podcast would hang like disassociate and move on to a different podcast because they're so used to the authenticity of who you are. So brands can't dictate that. And I think that those two elements combined are what the future of product placement will look like is making sure that you understand what the KPIs are and you're still having the authentic voice tell that story for you.
1: So authenticity and the way that the product placement functions will stay relatively the same. Talk to me about how you see the media landscape changing. Are we moving away from terrestrial television, your linear television? Is it being replaced by the TikTokists, uh, Tiki Takers of the world? I don't know what to call it. TikToker. TikToker. Anyway, are they taking over and TikToker instead of like real celebrities? How is media consumption changing?
2: I think there's room for it all. I was reading an article about Gen Alpha, who are heavy TikTok users, right?
1: Which one's Gen Alpha?
2: Eight to 14-year-olds right now.
1: Okay, so not my kids. They're the next one. Yeah.
2: Yeah heavy tiktok users but somebody that was being interviewed was like my child gen alpha is binging dexter right now so there's i think there's room for it all i think what is our daily consumption habits i think tiktok is an absolute part of that you have shorts you have long-form content on youtube You have linear content, traditional TV content, ABC, NBC, Fox, that then has multi-window viewing. So a lot of people thought Riverdale, which was on CW, was actually a Netflix show because Netflix had the exclusive with CW to distribute their content seven weeks after the series had ended. So there is just this new way of content being distributed and finding out what those passion points are, how you're talking to the viewer, what you're building to create really good content. I don't think it matters. I don't think linear is dying. I think linear is going to find new homes. That's why you're seeing each and every one of the big networks investing in a streaming platform.
1: I was listening to Plain English with Derek Thompson, great podcast. And he was talking about the streaming landscape. And, and he said, there's only two ways to make money bundling and unbundling and it seems like we're going back into this bundling phase where everybody had their own individual app and now they're starting to be aggregated disney is an example disney created their own app disney owns espn and hulu now you can buy your bundle of those three properties and eventually there'll be more and more that sort of get combined and we'll be back to having regular cable television subscriptions in no time As we start going through this bundling and unbundling process, do you think the relationships between brands and the content production sources, the houses, I don't even know what to call them, the people that you work with, do those relationships change? Is it easier or harder to get your products placed when we're going through this shift of the media landscape?
2: That's the beauty of the production relationship is that in 90% of the cases, and only 90%, there's still the 10% outliers, but in 90% of the cases, the producers have the final control of their output, their end product. And so for them to be able to create the content that they want, because the streamers, the way for them to make money is to bundle, unbundle, and create good content. But it's really expensive to create good content, especially when you're not quite sure what your audience is looking for. That's why you see each of these streamers investing in lots of content so that they understand who their audience is. This is still a data testing point to deliver on their audiences. So I think that relationship continues to get stronger because producers are seeing more value coming out of brand partnerships and brands investing in their content.
1: Last question I have for you. What should marketers make of not only the change in media landscape, the change in the way that we track and evaluating product placement? I'm sitting here with a product or a service that I want to sell. I don't know where my audience is. I don't know how to reach them. I don't know what channel. I don't know what bundle. I don't know what, I don't know anything. Help me out here. How do I make sense if I should be focusing on product placement?
2: I think that if you're a brand that's looking to reach an engaged audience, product placement is an opportunity for you. And it's not just, it used to be a top of the funnel awareness play and the evolution of product placement to date is we can track attribution of an exposed audience. But the future of product placement will have an attribution through line that hopefully will be stronger than a digital click through rate or whatever that might be. And so invest now, get into this space, build that data set of who your audience is, how your integrations are performing so that you're by the time that the actual shoppable content is alive and well, you are in the right place because you've actually built all of the data sets to understand where you should be.
1: Inferred credibility is a powerful tool for marketers. Honestly, I've been relying on inferred credibility as the host of the MarTech podcast for years now. People think that I seem to know what I'm talking about because I bring great guests like Aaron onto this podcast. And that's not just something that works in audio content. It's in visual as well. You can put your product in the hands of someone that your audience loves and they're going to believe that your product is cool, interesting and different. That's always been the value of product placement. Now we could just measure it better. And that wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Aaron Schmidt, the chief of product placement at Ben Labs. If you'd like to get in touch with Aaron, you could find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you could visit her company's website which is benlabs.com, b e n l a b s.com.